We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Danny and Dusty. It's not your problem, Doc. You don't have to mix up in this. That is a hell of a thing for you to say to me. With Danny Meringue and Dusty, the Fan Man Hera. Go ahead. Go ahead, skin it. Skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. I'm your Huckleberry. The Fan. Hour number two, Danny and Dusty will be joined at 1.30 by Shantae Leggins, the head basketball coach. University of Portland Pilots. Hell of a win over a blue blood program in Villanova. It came down to the wire. Um, if Duck fans have a problem with officiating in in their game this past weekend, <laughs> uh, Pilot fans, uh, Shantae Leggins, he's got legitimate gripes about uh, offici- <laughs> officiating and how things game. went his way or did not go their way. Um, the chaos of the Oregon and Oregon State game, which we will let breathe for a minute. We'll have a little bit more of that with the coaching carousel with uh, Kenny Dillingham now on the way out from the University of Oregon. Um, and he's going to be heading towards, uh, I, I would say, greener pastures, but uh, drier desert at Arizona <laughs> State, um, he, where he will be the head coach. Um, in the effect that that had on the game, and then uh, more on the Ducks and Bees as the show goes on. But there was a ton of chaos coming out of the Oregon-Oregon State game because mm-hmm. a win for the Ducks, and they were in the Pac-12 title game. No ands, ifs, or buts no, about it. It was cut and dry. How did we feel about the Pac-12 championship game being decided by the Apple Cup <laughs> in which neither one of those teams were going to be going to the Pac-12 championship game? Who saw third tiebreaker being the one that was going to decide <laughs> this? Because like, I kind of liked it. I kind of liked it. Like, if... If Utah and Oregon can't control their own destiny, then you know what? Give me put, chaos. Put it in the hands of someone else. And having the 7.30 Pac-12 after dark game, I was like, all right, let's get weird, baby. And, and it got weird. It did get weird. And, you know, you Washington ran away with that thing at the end. But um, sitting there and thinking, all right, every Coog fan is now arm-in-arm with Duck fan because – a Coug win means the Ducks go to the Pac-12 the title game. Of, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And then Utah fan is sitting there like, I guess I'm, I'm dancing with you, U-Dub. Mm-hmm. And they were linking arms. That was kind of cool to see that whole thing play out in, in the community that is social media of mm-hmm. like, all of a sudden battle lines were drawn. Could you imagine if Duck fan had to root for U-Dub instead Ooh, of Washington State? I would have loved that. That would have been like, we would have seen some mental gymnastics being Please win. Please <laughs> Please learn. But as it was, UW got their second win over Oregon this year. They they beat them head to head, and they beat Washington keep, keep State. Out of playoff. Man. Or out of the, I keep saying playoff. God dang it! Pac twelve championship, Pac twelve title game. But that was a little weird to see that be the the finale. It was, but it also made it drag out to the end of the day. Yeah, which I'm glad it didn't have this anticlimactic ending ending to it. Like mm-hmm. it. It did. You know who's going went up until the final quarter of that game. Yeah. 
Absolutely. That was kind of cool. And the other game that was was after that Oregon-Oregon State game was uh, USC-Notre Dame, where mm-hmm. the Trojans finally got that win over a top-15 team that they can hang their hat on that they, they've needed for the college football playoff. And you look at the carnage in front of USC. It worked out perfectly. It was perfect. Yeah. You had, if for USC to get into the playoff, we talked about this last week, mm-hmm. You needed a decisive victory in the Michigan-Ohio State game. And boy, was it. And Michigan ran all over Ohio State. You had, even though Ohio State had like 300 yards at halftime, mm-hmm. and they lost a game. LSU loses to Texas A&M. In embarrassing fashion. Which A&M is the weirdest team in college football. I can't figure them out. I can't figure. And you know it's what? Just That's talent. good. But you know what? For Texas A&M, beating LSU was the worst thing that could happen because Jimbo Fisher went to the podium after the game. And basically said, we don't need to change anything with no. our offense. So, <laughs> good luck. You're going to have to hem and haul your way through another Jimbo Fisher offense. Yeah. And then you had Clemson. They lost to South Carolina, eliminated them from the Completely. conversation. And now it just opened up this runway for USC to be in the playoff if they beat Notre Dame and they win the Pac-12 title. Mm-hmm. They're at win and they're in. And they had a hell of a performance. And I don't think there's a question anymore. Caleb Williams is the Heisman Trophy winner. He's, he after, literally ran away with it against Notre Dame. That, yeah, he ran away with it. That play where he ran, well, like 80-some yards? 82 yards for a 22-yard game. We were sitting there and we're going, where's the Heisman moment? Yep. That's going to be one that in New York That's that they play for like. Caleb Williams. And that, he is he was lights out again for, for USC. It'll be that and it'll be the uh, red zone run where he tucked it and he looked back and taunted the Notre Dame defense. He just kind of strutted into the end zone and let him know. I mean, he he put a picturesque performance on. Yeah. 18 of 22, 230, tutty, and then ran nine. So, how do you touchdowns. how do you feel about Lincoln Riley's history of getting beat by 30 in the playoffs? Not worried about it. But what, what did I say coming in? <laughs> Not worried about it. What what, what did I say coming into the season that I, my expectations were for this team? Uh nine wins. Nine wins. Yeah. They yeah. they have they got it. They have surpassed they got that. It. In, they got it. Well, they got to beat Utah this week. They do. Too. Again, but even if they didn't, this this season was a success. A success. It's I I would say that unequivocally yeah. a success. Yeah, it was it is was a successful run for for uh, USC. In there's no ands ifs or buts about yeah. it. Year one, you got this thing back on the rails. USC back is, on the is, right is, track. They are back. Right now, they are back. They are playing with a level of swagger. If you have this next year, though, it won't be as successful of a year. Like if no, you, if this they is the expectation. If they, they lose, yeah, and that and that's the thing is, um, USC being back is they nobody touches them in the Pac-12. No. But this is this is how you get there. Yeah, and Caleb Williams is going to be back next year. And the way the recruiting cycle is looking, and unfortunately, I don't, I don't want to start kind of waving this flag a little too much, but. The car crash that was Oregon this weekend and the success for USC, that's going to change some stuff in the recruiting as it gets into wintertime and what it means for those two programs kind of going into this next cycle. One thing that will be interesting uh, is how how the loss of Kenny Dillingham plays in, in mm-hmm. the recruiting cycle for Oregon, too, because you lose another coordinator and um, there could be a little bit of fallout from that in recruiting as well. Um and it's really interesting when you talk to Nemec about that. He says that guys really don't the kids. It, it doesn't mean that much. Like that right now, they, oh, they fall into the okay. 
I, where am I at in the moment? They don't like he's. It is the damnedest thing. Nemec says that these these kids they don't really watch college football. Like they'll be like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't even know. I didn't even know they lost. I didn't even know they won. And it's they're more concerned about where their coaches go than anything Maybe else. Else, yeah, like that. That is it. Like when Lincoln Riley left for Oklahoma to USC, it's where of, coaches go. Went. It's not where like wins or losses. They're like, uh, it's a brand, it's an identity, it's the coaches. That's what I'm attracted to, and that's going to be the interesting part of, of where it is in in the recruiting scene for for both Oregon SC. Look at UW too. Yep. That was a. It, it's been a big season for UW to get back on the right track, and they can point to look. We're a ten win team again. It's kind we're of not funny. going anywhere. Every program is back in the Pac-12. It's good. Every it's every, great for the every program had a good year. Yes. Yeah, but not like, all good years are, are created equal. No, they're not. We'll talk about that coming up yeah, a little later but in the show. If you really think about it, every program, I think, succeeded in what they set out to do. For sure. It's, it's, it's kind of nuts when you think about it. But uh, USC has surpassed all my expectations for this year. There, there's no doubt about that. Uh, Caleb Williams is undoubtedly the Heisman. Yeah, I, I, He has to fall on his face. Fall on his I don't think face. He, uh, yeah, I think we're that ship has sailed. He's I mean, got he's got it. I mean, I don't think that matters because Heisman ballots will already go in. Oh, not only that, Stroud can't get any more. Uh, yeah. So it'll either be Big Ten bias or something tremendously happens to Caleb Williams. He's. He, I think he wrapped it up this yeah. past weekend. Which bring it home, baby. Bring it home. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can't yeah. take this one away, Heisman Trust. Yeah, they can. No, they can. <laughs> sure they can. They can't take it away. No, sure they can. They NIL. took Reggie's away well after. Listen, there's NIL money now, maybe. <laughs> can't can't do it. Uh, yeah, maybe they'll just take OJ's away. Yeah, you know what? That one, Can we just swap them? <clears throat> give Reggie's back? They I'll, should. I'll, I'll give up OJ's. They should give Reggie his back. All right, let's talk about the uh, coaching carousel. Kenny Dillingham, he uh, left Oregon officially on Saturday. Uh, he will take over as Arizona State's head football coach. He was introduced yesterday. Uh, a lot of motion uh, on the coaching carousel right now. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Danny and Dusty on the fan. All right, the coaching carousel in full swing around the world of college football. And, um, you know, a lot was made of, of Oregon's inability to finish drives, especially late in the game. On Was Kenny Dillingham distracted? I don't know. I don't think he was distracted when they were up 31-10. to 10. Um, <laughs> yeah, No, it was actually at halftime that he got distracted. Yeah, yeah. It was at halftime. That's, he yeah. got a phone call and said, hey, we need you to um, plan out your recruiting visit at halftime. Sure. And then uh, they went out and he was like, all right, let me tack on one more touchdown. And then, uh, sure, then I'll, then I'll just mail this one in. Yeah, let me go ahead and no, get on the phone then. I don't think that happened. But Kenny Dillingham, immediately following uh, Oregon's loss to Oregon State, hops on a plane, heads down to uh, Tempe. He's heading home and couldn't be happy for the guy. I mean, going home, a 32-year-old, he is the – First ever head football coach in FBS to be born in the 1990s. Good God! <laughs> Good for him, man. We talked about we talked about him and, and his his journey and how just apparent it was he was he was going to be a coach. Yep. I'm old. Yeah, no, that's you were in high school. Mm. I was in high school. Dusty was in high school in the 90s. Yeah. Well, <laughs> called getting old, but uh, that is good for him, and that is that's a really cool, um, it's a really cool thing to be able to go back to your alma mater. It's super cool, man. And, like, this is awesome. Yeah, and it, it truly, it's not a place like he didn't play at in college, so he went to Arizona State because he he want he loved Arizona it's State. A, it's a school, and he was still co- coaching at Chaparral High School now. Him going there, do they have the resources and the tools to recruit at a, a level that he has been accustomed to when he's at Auburn and then Florida State and then Oregon? I don't think so, and that's going to be the uphill battle. But how does it affect Oregon's recruiting is the big question. Mm-hmm. And now there's already questions about Dante Moore, who that was he's the prize recruit of Oregon's class. I mean, he's a prize recruit of the class, depending on who you talk to. He has stripped his... Uh, social media profiles of all duck stuff. Yeah, well, his yeah, his Instagram. He removed his uh, commitment video, and mm-hmm. his one message that he sent to Kenny Dillingham was uh, "Go be great, Dilly." Um, when Dillingham left, who knows what that means? Does that mean he's maybe trying to squeeze Oregon for a little bit of extra money? Probably, probably. <laughs> Uh, but Michigan State, in his home state, uh, where he, over the weekend, Dunsmore wrapped up his high school career with back-to-back state titles. Michigan State is making a full court press uh, to flip him. So it'll they be got interesting money. to see. And also you got you know receiver Jurion Dickey, who is a phenomenal wide receiver. Does this change anything? What does the offensive coordinator hire mean for Oregon, and what names do they go after? Look. It will be – that's the million-dollar question is where does – or I guess it's a multi-million-dollar question Jeez. is where does Oregon go from here at Play Caller? Because Dan Lanning has long said he's always kept a list, even when he was assistant coach, of guys that he would target on his staff. He now needs a quarterback's coach and an offensive coordinator. 
uh, to fill that to fill that role, and uh, we'll see where they go. Uh, other jobs that were filled: Nebraska hires Matt Rule, which I think we all agree that that's that makes them. Like, if you had to picture Nebraska head coach, if you just told somebody on the street anywhere, what does or ask them what does a Matt Nebraska head coach look like? Yeah, I bet you they would draw a facsimile of Matt Rule. Yeah, Matt Rule. Yeah, that works there. Yeah. That's going to be because he does. He's a great football coach in college. He won at Temple and he won at Baylor. Enough said. Yeah. After like post rapey Baylor. <laughs> I mean, like this is that's a a, a very God. hard Baylor place to recruit to, and you know Waco is not a place people want to go to. Uh, it's and with everything surrounding Baylor at yes. that time, like he still found a way yes. to get a talented football team. So. Um, Matt Rule heads to Nebraska. Um, and then Luke Fickle, who was the hot name on the carousel last year mm-hmm. at Cincinnati, uh, he is going to Wisconsin. And that is the that, most on Wisconsin yeah. hire you can get. And he fits there, man. He fits there. That's good. He could be very good at Wisconsin. Crazy enough, Wisconsin. before Lincoln Riley became the coach at USC, Fickle was the guy that I wanted at, at SC. Mm. You've got the you've got Bone who came from Cincinnati. Yeah, I don't think he would have worked there. No, I'm, I don't think he would have worked there. But it, Wisconsin it, works. As far, yeah, no. As far as like how that worked out, I'm I'm thrilled. But as I thought, he was the guy on the coaching search last year who was like who made the most sense. Be ready for this one. Urban Meyer to Cincinnati. Be ready for that. Just irrelevant enough to not cause an S storm. Well, that's where he went. Well, I know, I know that. That's but it, where he went, and I believe his son coaches there. Oh, then yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, I could I could see that, and they're 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 mm-hmm. high enough for him to go there, and yeah. it's his alma mater. Mm-hmm. But they're low enough tier to where it won't it, it'll ruffle feathers, but nobody will care in two months. Yeah, we'll see if uh, Cincinnati has any morals whatsoever. I'm gonna leave, I'm I'm siding with no. Okay, um, I bet you his checks have cleared there more than a few times. Sure, Auburn has made it official, <laughs> according to Ross Dillinger. Uh, they will hire Hugh Freeze from Liberty University away. Uh, yes, that Hugh Freeze, the man who got fired from Ole Miss, not just for recruiting violations, but uh, for uh, mm, hmm. for interactions on the he likes the nine hundred numbers. He, he, he escort services, yes, and uh, masseuses uh, frequenting and using his uh, university paid for cell phone in order to book those appointments. Cool. Um, Apparently, he was given a month to scrub those phone records, and there were so many calls that he missed at least a dozen. He is also the same guy, and I, I this didn't get nearly enough run. But Hugh Freeze, um, apparently, he was DMing a woman who was suing Liberty University at the time. Um, she said. Why is the head football coach at Liberty DMing me during my and after my lawsuit with Liberty University at almost midnight when I didn't tag him and I haven't responded to other DMs he sent over the months publicly naming so he can see that I don't want direct contact with him. He would just send this lady, you don't even know Ian McCaw. He is the most Jesus-like leader I have ever been around. <laughs> and he just kept on like DMing this woman in the middle of the night about the people she was suing at Liberty. Is that good? I don't think that's good. I don't think that's good. Uh, also, they were set to hire Hugh Freeze by reports over the weekend. Um, once Lane Kiffin officially said, "I'm staying at Ole Miss. I'm I'm going to sign a contract extension." 
uh, with Ole Miss. Uh, apparently, Auburn was ready to offer Hugh the job. Mm-hmm. And then half of the boosters were like, uh-uh, we don't want Hugh Freeze. So if Where that, have I heard that before? <laughs> Brian Harson. Oh. If that report is true, they are doing exactly what they did with Brian Harson, and they're doing it again. And so this is just going to be... This is going to be a cluster. It, it is going to be an absolute cluster. But, hey, Hugh Freeze can coach a football team, man. And it just means more. Coaching news over the weekend, two huge Pac-12 storylines. One being David Shaw stepping down at Stanford is massive. Twelve years, he took over what Jim Harbaugh had built and did an incredible job with Stanford. Um, I think that says a lot about, and he always said, I want to be at Stanford for for the rest of my career. I think that says a lot about how he feels Stanford will be in the in the era of NIL. Because they won't have a chance if they don't get in those waters. I mean, that's going to be wherever you go, but particularly in that part of the country. <laughs> Uh, Stanford has got to get on board with that. So Stanford is now open, and that's a huge hire because they can go right back into the crapper real soon. Remember down at Pac-12 Media Day, we heard a few people say that this might happen? Uh, I don't remember that. We we, 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 we did. It was another huh. group that we heard talking about it, and yeah. we kind of went like, no. he. If, 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 if anything's happening, it'll be, a, you know, a couple years down the line. Yeah. Do it when he wants to. Like he's not. That. It, we, yeah. it was an offhand conversation. Remember, huh. I was having. We were, we were trying. I think we we're trying to find the the buffet oh. when we couldn't figure out where the elevator was. Yeah, but um, I was that like, happened. I'm like, Shaw's not gonna, like, he's he's not gonna do anything unless he wants to. The fact that he decided to do it and do it so abruptly at the end of the season, I gotta say, caught me off guard. Now, um. This is uh, and also an interesting little twist to the coaching cycle here is that Colorado apparently is engaging Deion Sanders for their head coaching vacancy. Prime Deion, time in Deion Boulder. confirmed it. Prime time in Boulder. Well, he's not going. It's not. He's no, not, he he's confirmed not thinking, that they've offered him the job. Out. Yeah, they they've reached out and offered him the job, which that one just feels like a weird fit. Deion in Boulder, but hell, if he can recruit the number one recruit to Jackson State. <laughs> She'd probably do it at Colorado. Tell you that much. It's it feels just like a weird fit. Very weird. It, uh, listen, if Dion wants to go to a, a you know a uh, I don't want to say a national power because they're too far removed from that to like they have that flame. Yeah. It, is, it, is it still lit? I don't know. But I feel like there's plenty of other schools that maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe old white guy booster. Just can't stomach Dion at a lot of these schools, and maybe and Colorado doesn't care. Yeah, and that's why they're the ones who came calling. That guy can coach football, man. Yes, he can. He and not everybody who played at the level that Dion played at most can guy, coach. Most he guys can can't. It. Yeah, I'll be he honest. That's across sports. Most guys who are great are terrible coaches. Oh man! So uh, there's your coaching carousel update. Now, oh, we shot leaving the Pac-12. Kyle Whittingham, 18 years still the longest tenured coach, the second longest tenured coach in the Pac-12, Justin Wilcox. Cal, God. Six years. 
goes from basically 20 to 6. Yep. And then after that, it is uh, Jonathan Smith and Chip Kelly, five years apiece. A a quarter of the Pac-12 will turn over their coaches yet again. So over half, seven coaches in the last two years have uh, turned over in the Pac-12. God. (laughs) And Shaw was at what, 15? 12. 12. Yeah, that's the world of college football. All right, uh, coming up next, let's talk to the man who leads the University of Portland Pilots. Shante Leggins joins us. What a week it was for the Pilots at the PKI. First is Russ with SportsCenter. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. Welcome back, Dan, Danny, and Dusty with you on this Monday. We're going to take a break from uh, all the football talk, and we'll get back to it because we've got to bring on the man whose who's team made not just ripples but waves at the PKI and PK Legacy over the weekend. Uh, the University of Portland Pilots taking North Carolina to the brink, beating Villanova, and damn near pulled it off against Michigan State too. Shante Leggins joins us now. Coach, how you doing? Good. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. You keep talking football. You talk about the Raiders. <laughs> hey! You got a Raiders there fan we right go. over here. The Raiders. <laughs> uh, a hell of an overtime win. 86 yards and a walk-off yeah. up in Seattle. You'll take that. Back-to-back walk-offs. I'm living. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Just got to run it out. We'll make the playoffs. We have a chance. We have a chance. <laughs> All right. So let's get to the, to the pilots, man. I, I think when we yeah. looked at this game, uh, against North Carolina on, on Thursday night, we said, wow, look at those pilots. During our show, we were sitting there and, and jumping in and out of the studio, listening to Swag call your guys' win over Villanova. And then you against Michigan State. Coach, that was a foul. Can we call it what it was? That that was a foul. If, you, if you're not going to say it, I'll, I'll, I'll say hand up, it was a foul. It was a close call. You know, it was, it was one of those calls we got the play we wanted and you know, at the end of games, you know, you kind of let the plays play, but if it affects the play or affects the shot, it should always be a call. So, you know, from a different angle, maybe just a bad angle from where where he was standing, but it was a tough call. How so. how impressed are you with your guys, though, with going up against three Blue Blood programs and not flinching in any one of those three games? You know, I'm very impressed. You know, I'm, I'm disappointed we lost, uh, you know, because, I thought we should have won, you know, I thought we should have won the first one. You know, I thought we didn't do some things that we were supposed to do towards the end of the game and rebound and, and different things like that. When when those big boys, when, you know, when they started playing and started, you know, putting a little pressure and applying, you know, trying to apply their will, we, we really took it to them and, and, and fought back and, and didn't just lay there and let them come beat us. And so I was, I was really impressed with how, how we, you know, managed that and, and how we fought those off. But we just, you know, had to win. You know, had to win those games, man. It was a disappointment we lost. Coach, what's it like to have such a unique player in college basketball in Tyler Robertson, a, a big guard who can handle, who can create, who can defend, who can knock down shots, who can rebound? It's just so rare to have that in college. And, and to be fair, it's rare to have that in, in, on this side of the country in basketball. What does he mean kind of this program? What is it, it, it kind of reestablishing where the pilots are kind of going forward? Oh, it's, 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 it's extremely rare, especially the way he can play. And, he, you know, what's crazier is the way he can defend. He can guard one through five, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, he gets switched off on the little guards, does a good job and takes charges. He guards the other guys' post players. So, you know, I think his IQ, like his basketball IQ is like elite. And so he understands the game very well. And so he's he's been able, you know, since, since even when he came in as a freshman when I was coaching, he's, 
he's always been able to uh, adapt to what we needed him to do. And, and so that, that's been huge for us. And it, it's been huge for our culture because we understand he's a winner. So he can go a game without shooting or he can shoot 16 shots and, and, and be effective. So he really, you know, is a big time leader of our program and, and that's, that's, that's key for us. And so, you know, we're doing everything we can to, to make sure we're putting him in the right spots, but he's just, he's just a player. And he, he's really helping us, you know, uh, be successful so far since I've been here. You know, one of the most important words I, I heard you kind of th- slide it in there when when talking about Tyler is culture. And what is it uh, yeah. in your mind, culture building at the University of Portland that that you are leaning on to see this turnaround? Well, you're bringing in guys that are going to really affect you know change, not just you know on our in our program, but also the university. You know, these are these are young men that are you know giving something you know to the university also and. And, and showing up and, 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 and being there for, you know, other student athletes and, and also going to other events on campus. So we're really trying to make sure, you know, we're, we're out there and, and, you know, we're bringing in great character guys who really work hard in the classroom and, and do everything the right way. You know, we have actually in my office right now, I have seven guys in here watching some international basketball games screaming. So I'm sorry for that. But, <laughs> you know, we got a lot of guys that, that uh, really care for each other, you know, and, and that's, that's the biggest deal for me. You know, we – you know, we go and get guys that want to be here. Um, you know, we, we go and get guys that are excited to be at the University of Portland, not just our basketball program, but also the, the university. It's, it's a big-time university, and so we're, we're lucky to have, you know, such, such, a, such, a good, such, good, such good young student-athletes that want to be here. So that, that's a big deal to me. That culture, that part of it, and, and how everything is shaping up in college basketball right now, uh, in the game against Michigan State, Michigan State, one of your transfers in Applewhite, Alden Applewhite, has a phenomenal game off the bench for you. What is it like navigating transfers in in? We talk about it so much in college football and in how prevalent it is, and but in basketball, one player can make so much difference for a team. Yeah, for you to get yeah. so many guys into a new culture, how do you implement that and kind of build it together so quickly? You know, I, I think we have a, a good group of assistant coaches. You know, Bobby Suarez and uh, uh, T.J. Lippo and, and Jeremy Pope do a great job. You know, they're young guys. So they, they, they have a good feel for these young men. But then they also, like, like I said, you, you, we have to do our homework. You know, there's a lot of guys out there. Like, like you said, it, there's one guy can affect everything, good or bad. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you got to go get guys that, you, you know, you recruited before. You have to find relationships and, and do a good job and do your homework. You're not going to bat a 1,000. Um, no one does, you know, th- things happen, but, you know, you, you, you do your best with trying to get the guys that would fit, you know, with the other guys, not just, you know, style wise, you know, if you look at our players, not every player plays the same, they all do something different. Um, and then they all have their own personalities. They're not the same kid. And so, you know, I'm hoping that we're being able to teach them that, you know, I got kids from different kind of backgrounds and they're all, they're all feeding in together and having a good time. And so that's, that's the most important part to me is, is them, you know, acknowledging each other's differences and, and still having a good time doing it. And so when you find guys like that and find players like that, you, you really want to bring those guys in. We recruit personalities just as much as we recruit, uh, you know, playing, playing style. Dan, we need to send you to the United Nations then because you got guys <laughs> from Serbia, Montenegro, Argentina, Australia, United States. I know I'm probably missing another one in there. Like you're bringing countries together in finding a way, and, and that's got to be a, such a rewarding part for you, though, is that kind of the reason why you get into basketball and why you get into coaching is, is the love of the game. And ultimately all these guys from like five or six countries that you're bringing them in for, uh, they're all speaking the same language in basketball. 
kind of <laughs> say that. <laughs> I mean, gee, they, they speak so many different. They can they can yell at me and cuss me out in different languages. I think they're telling me something good. I have no idea. Um, but they're they're doing. I mean, it's great. It's great to see. You know, and it's it's just not our it's not our it's just not our team either. I mean, if you look at our soccer team, our volleyball team, our, our women's basketball team, like this university does a great job of of bringing in international students and making them feel home and. And that's really helped us with our recruiting is is being able to see the other you know the other programs and all the players that they've had success with here. And so, being able to see how you know Coach Meek has done it, you know, and and how our coaches have done it here. You know, our soccer team is is doing it. They're in the Elite Eight right now, and and he's got players from all over the country, all over the world too. And so, you know, they've had a good blueprint for us, and we've been able to watch them and and see you know how how they've done it. And so we we stole a little bit of that and went and got some good players and and figured it out, and they're all friends. You know, we're friends with the tennis team. They, a lot of international players. There's a lot of international athletes in general at, at, the, at our campus, so it really makes it easy to, to bring some of these young men in. On that international front, you, you bring up a good point. Mark Few up at Gonzaga kind of – that's how he made his mark, was finding guys mm-hmm. on the edges in international countries, the, whether it's yeah. in Poland or it's in Japan. Uh, do you do you feel like that that's something at University of Portland that you kind of have to specialize in because you're not a traditional power, but you can offer these different opportunities to guys coming from these smaller spots because you can you have to kind of target those areas to remain competitive with with the bigger you know national blue blood programs. Yeah, exactly. Until until you can get it rolling, you know. Uh, if you if you look at them now, they they really they went away from that model uh, Gonzaga has, and so. You know, they, they've gone to a model where now they're getting top, you know, 100 kids going mm-hmm. because they've been so successful. And so what we want to do is we just want to get the players that want to be here at the University of Portland. And so if it's right now, it's the international guys that want to come here and play and have the opportunity to play in one of the best conferences in the country and, and compete against some of the best teams, and that's what it's going to be. But, you know, we want to get kids out of our own backyard. There's some really good players right now in the 24 and 25 class that we're doing everything in our power to bring in. And so – you know, we we really want the kids from our, you know, these local kids that are very good. Um, and they start high school ball in, in two weeks, so we get to go watch a bunch of them. And so, you know, we want them. But right now, you know, we're getting players that want to be here and, and want to contribute to the success of, of, of our program and, and be a part of the university. And so that's, that's what we look for. We look for guys who want to be here. And so um, that, that, that means they want to fight. They want to do whatever they can to win. And you just got to have that kind of pedigree. And so that, as we go through recruiting, you know, it's about relationships, but it's also about finding the kids who want to be here and, and not just, you know, they just, oh, I'm here for this and this and this, and now we can move on. You know, we want to have continuity in our program. I think it's huge, and, and we've had that this year with, with some of the guys who stayed on uh, from last year's team. Well, if you missed him on ESPN over over the weekend, over the holiday weekend, you can catch him live out on the bluff. You guys got four home games coming up against Multnomah, North Dakota, North Dakota State, and New Orleans, Coach. Uh, and and I hope we can we can pack this stands at the Child Center because when that place is rocking, it's a pretty special place to be in. Uh, congratulations on on what was a a massive step forward um, this past weekend with the win over uh, Villanova, and good luck to you in the four games coming up uh, out on the. Bluff at the child center i really appreciate it. i shouldn't be doing this but please go on our website find my email if you want to come to a game and email me i'll get you a ticket anybody hey. send you an email i'll get you a ticket to any of these games coming up we got games on uh, november 30th december 3rd december 5th and december 10th all at home so just email me and i'll get you a ticket into the game that is that that's is awesome. awesome coach thank you so much for the yeah. time and uh, go pilots 
Go Pilots, baby. Thanks for having me. Go Raiders, too. Don't forget that. Yes, sir. <laughs> Shante Leggins, head coach of the University of Portland Pilots. Look, that is really cool. And now I need to go on there. <laughs> I'm just going to give out his email yeah, address. I mean, he's just saying go email the coach, and you can get a ticket to go watch the, the Pilots play. They're, they play a fun Fun brand of basketball. No, they're they're playing high scoring basketball. This is not four corners nonsense that you sometimes get from smaller schools. They scored like, eighty one against North Carolina. Mm-hmm. They scored eighty three against Villanova in uh-huh. their win, and they lost to Michigan State. Tom Izzo, uh huh, seventy eight seventy seven, and there was a foul on the at the final yes. play of that game. There, there the was clock, a foul as the clock expired. They they got fouled and a shot at the rim. Okay, Tom Izzo. Mm-hmm. Of all people, do you see his quote after the game? No, he said that team is really well coached. He goes, "They are a fun team to watch, not from the bench, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're a fun team yeah. to watch." That's Tom F. and Izzo. Yeah, and listen, man, I, I caught a bunch of, of of the pilots over the weekend. I, I, anytime cool. there's a break between another game, I'm slipping back over, seeing how they are doing. Tyler Robertson is a fun player, man. Do you know how many guys in college basketball average fifteen points, five rebounds, five assists? I no. It is a no. short list. No, I'm trying to find that Tom Izzo quote um, for you. I was reading it earlier today, but it was it's it's fantastic. And look, UP's got a really good one. And Listen, I love. This I, right I hadn't now. heard him before. He's got he's a ton great. of energy. Like I just there's there's something there. Like I I, I like just kind of the 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 attitude that he projects. All right, really impressed with Portland, Izzo said. They play hard. They play well. They're well coached. They do a lot of good things. They can shoot the ball. They're fun to watch, but not from the bench. (laughs) Uh, So go check out University of Portland. Shante Leggins, uh, head coach there. Uh, And, look, he is fiery. We'll, We'll just call it that, fiery. And he will let the officials know. When uh, something happens that I he like feels that. was not in the best interest of his team, um, and I'm a big proponent of that. But he also even not he's got his guys back. Even not respectfully, I appreciate that. All right, uh, and I was wrong. I missed one country from that. They also have a guy from Norway. They've got oh Sholand. Yeah. yeah, they've got guys all over. Yeah. The, the Serbia, Montenegro, Australia, Norway, Argentina, um, Las Vegas. That might as well be a different country. Yes. Um, and let's see. I think that's it. This is what Mark United Few States. did at Gonzaga. It really well, and it's also what. Um, oh my goodness! And it's St. Mary's. St. Mary's, yeah. Um, they got a pipeline from Australia. I'm forgetting what his name is. Coach at, down at uh, at St. Mary's. Awesome dude. Bennett. Randy Bennett. Bennett? Randy yeah, yes. Bennett. Randy Bennett. Awesome guy. Yeah. But this is what you have to do because yeah. basketball is growing so much in the world. There is real talent outside the U.S. as we're yeah. seeing in the NBA. You just need to be Kevin Bacon from the air up there. There you go. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I love that movie. Honestly, that's basically what Mike Schmitz is. What? Oh, the Blazers. Mike yeah. Schmitz. He's, he, he's, he's a, Kevin Bacon from the air up there. He, listen, he's he, playing in, in tribal basketball games to get guys to come over to the NBA. He's going everywhere to oh. check out. He's the assistant coach or assistant GM for the Senegalese national team? Sure. That's awesome. Like that he that's part of what has made his hire with the Blazers so incredible is that's because cool. the, he has access to guys who are literally all over the world. That's awesome. It's it's rad. Yeah. You kidding me? I love it. Yeah. All right. Um so if you missed it, Coach Legs says go find my email address and I'll get you a ticket to the game. So 
listen, man, I've gone to probably about a dozen games mm-hmm. over the last probably 10 years out there. Yeah. It is a great place to catch a game. Oh, yeah. Now, I'll be completely honest. I have Every time I have gone, it is because of an opponent coming to town with an NBA-level player. But That's right. regardless, it's a great place to catch a game. Yeah. It's uh, where my niece goes to school. Hey, there you go. Go Pilots. Um, oh, it's just leggings at up.edu. <laughs> let's go. That's a short email address. You'd yeah, love to see it. <laughs> All right. Um, let's get back on the football train. Uh, we, we took a little hot route, hot route, hot route. Now let's get back uh, to all of the carnage that was this past weekend in the world of college football and the NFL. Danny and Dusty on the fan. All right, uh, we're along with uh, Coach Leggins, Shante Leggins, the head coach of the University of Portland men's basketball program. Um, that was great, though. If you missed it, Les Schwab Tires Podcast, 1080thefan.com. Um, our worst day on the web, though, it's got to be short. It's got to be Odell Beckham Jr., who is making a return to the NFL at some point, and it should be soon, getting ready to sign with teams. And yesterday he made uh, headlines as he was kicked off on an American Airlines flight for reportedly being in and out of consciousness before takeoff. Yikes. Less than ideal. Listen, um, as someone who partakes in a lot of plane flights over there, or has partaken in a lot of plane flights over the years, yeah. I've got a couple thousand hours. Yeah. I have a process. What I am wearing right now in the radio studio is a hoodie, sweatpants, and slides. You know how I travel? The exact same way. And you know what I do when I hit that chair? Little little nip of the old NyQuil, put the sunglasses on. And going to bed. Headphones in, and I am out. Well, um, the flight crew became concerned for a passenger <laughs> as they tried to wake him to fasten his seatbelt. He appeared to be coming in and out of consciousness prior to the departure. Fearing that Mr. Beckham was seriously ill and his condition would worsen throughout the expected five-hour flight, the attendants called for police and fire rescue. Upon the officer's arrival, the flight crew asked Mr. Beckham several times to exit the aircraft, which he refused. Now, it's like, like when you see a headline that is like, Odell Beckham kicked off a flight. There's some nuance to this. Like, sure, he may be afraid to fly. It may have to take like a Xanax, or may, maybe he has to take, you know, a little some something, something to calm the nerves of of flying. Take a Xan, thirteen hours till I land. We're <laughs> and he gone. Okay, I, and that could be very reasonable explanation for this. And trying to wake somebody up out of that. You ever seen somebody who's taken a sleeping pill? Uh, yeah. Like woken them up out of it. Yeah, it's okay. not good. No, I, no, you're like, huh? I you, people hallucinate sleepwalk like yeah. it is the whole point of taking a sleeping pill is you are not to be interrupted. Mm-hmm. You are supposed to get you know why they were created? Why? It was it was for the military, like most things. And it was for mandated crew rest. Oh really? So they used to give us them when we would get back from our flights yeah. because you had to get mandated crew rest before you could fly again. So you would get done, debrief, go do your thing, you basically got two hours, mm-hmm. and you'd pop a sleeping pill and get your mandated sleep. And then we also got dependent on it, and then it was became a problem. You know what? I'm with I'm with Odell Beckham on this one. He wasn't being a jerk. He didn't get kicked off the flight. A guy was just looking to sleep for a five hour flight, and, and he was in stuck Miami. On the tarmac. He was in Miami going to L.A. Mm-hmm. 
something tells me he was probably wasted off his ass the night before. He needed some good shut eye. Yeah, and he probably popped a little something, which not illegal. I stand with Odell. Listen, and he, by all accounts, he wasn't a jerk. He just refused to leave the flight because he was probably in and out of consciousness. Yeah. And I'd be like, why do I have to leave? I'll buckle the, my seatbelt. I'll tell you this. There is footage of him like being escorted off the plane, everybody being deplaned. Yeah. He had his hoodie up or his hood up on his hoodie. Mm. And the way he was walking, he was either hungover and or drunk and or on something. All of it. Because you could just see it on his face. It's yeah. like from there's two different accounts, right? There's the lawyer account of Odell Balcom, which paints him as an absolute saint. And there's the passengers of the plane and the flight attendants were like, he was kind of unruly. And uh, like, yeah. Yeah. I, I could imagine him being unruly if he had taken something and was being rattled. But yeah, apparently uh, one of the passengers that was sitting kind of near him said, "Yeah, no, he didn't raise a stink. Like he wasn't being disrespectful. He said uh, he just walked out quietly. Police ex- escorted him out. He was. You was you it. probably had an overzealous flight attendant. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what they're claiming. All right, all right. So Odell, not a terrible guy. No, not a terrible guy. But, but he's the worst day. day on the web, though. Yeah. When you try to find a job in the NFL, it's never a good thing to be kicked off of planes. And you're making everybody deep else deep plane at the same time. Didn't make any friends that day. Elation, disappointment, <laughs> nine and three isn't always created equally. Danny Dusty on the fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.